Jackie. And I'm Candice. Welcome to WTF. Women Talk Finance. Our WTF podcast will take a simplified approach to finance. And we talk about investing, a topic we believe women don't talk enough about. We'll discuss common financial questions and challenges that women face in business and throughout their personal lives. I'd like to give a quick disclosure before we begin our conversation. This overview is for informational purposes only. We might include some projections and those should not be relied upon for the purpose of investing. Past performance is not indicative of future results and any investments we mention are meant for accredited investors only. And any offer can only be considered upon review of a prospectus and relevant offering documentation. So please keep this in mind as we move through this overview and remember that these are our opinions only. We are back for another episode with Casey Bloom, a mental health therapist who is going to talk with us about the pandemic and the impacts on mental health, both in the workplace, um, even if you're working from home, and even more broadly than that. I think everyone, especially women, have felt the thing from the pandemic. So let's talk about it. Thank you for being back here with us. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Okay, so we're going to put a name to the thing, right? We are. Let's name the What's thing. What's the name of it? What's its name? Uh, well, I mean, essentially, um, what has happened to us, right, is is um, because of this mass disruption, right, that we've all experienced in, in mass, right, our, our routines, our patterns of living, um, you know, those have all gone out the window and, and pretty rapidly, right? Uh, and, and so a lot of us are just, even now, still trying to reorient ourselves to what does this new reality look like? What are the factors I need to be considering on a day-to-day? But the consequences of that, right, is, is that many people have started to experience um, mental health on a greater scale. So what's the name? So <laughs> anxiety and depression. Oh, okay. Oh. Twins. The thing. We had twins and their anxiety and depression. Congratulations. Twin the horseman of the apocalypse. I don't know. <laughs> if we want to name it that. But yes, okay, there's not a fancy name. Uh it uh, it is is something we all experience, right? At at some point in our lives. It's it's not anything new. Uh and just because we experience depression and anxiety doesn't necessarily mean that we meet the criteria for any type of diagnosable disorder. However, that has changed in the period between 2019 and 2020, we saw depressive symptoms in the population quadruple. We saw anxiety symptoms uh, triple uh, within that time period. And though that, so that says a lot about how we're wired and, and uh, what happens when we are faced with these big transitions uh, where there aren't any immediate answers. And sometimes that's what we're faced with. But in the, in the meantime, we're sort of tasked with being able to cope with that in, in an effective way. So we're able to get out on the other end of it without, you know, we're, we're damage mitigation here. What a unique time because typically anxiety... Um, and depression are kind of a solo journey. <laughs> what a unique time that we buddy systemed anxiety and depression and globally decided to go through that just as one big unit. Like all of us, I think you're, I mean, that's that's an incredible numbers and I'm sure it's probably even a pretty conservative estimate. 
It is, right? I mean, it's, again, one of those things that we don't really talk about openly. But if we kind of look at the factors of what the pandemic and and the type of restrictions that it brought uh, onto our day-to-day life, it makes sense that that these um, symptoms may increase, right? It's we find a lot of uh, comfort and security into our day-to-day routines, right? And and when we're in those routines, we're, we're not on guard, right? We, we, we sort of anticipate and, and have expectations of how our day is going to go. And when that's taken away from us, then we're on alert. We're on high alert. And, and we're, you know, for some of us, we don't know how to, to tame that or turn that switch down. You're talking about disruption of routine. You're talking about, I think you mentioned it in passing, like this isolation, right? The financial pressure. And then within or above all of that is just loads of uncertainty Um, with our routines gone, with our patterns shaken, with loss, with huge changes, even with the great resignation, with people leaving the workforce in millions and that affecting our economy. You can drive down the street and see the impacts in your community of these things. So how do we begin to cope well, I, I, I think at the, the beginning stages, we didn't really know, right? We didn't really know answers. We didn't really um, have uh, that light at the end of the tunnel, right? And that can do so much in, in helping us manage anxiety, right? If I know that in two months from now, we're going to have a successful resolution, I can base some level of comfort on that, right? Okay, two weeks. We're just, I mean, you guys remember, it was two weeks. It was two weeks, turned into two months, turned into six months, right? And now we're two years into it. And so, we can't always depend on there being resolution and the problem to be solved right away. I mean, there's some problems in life that don't have those immediate ways in which we can act to to solve it. And this was one of those instances. And so part of managing anxiety and stress is also being willing to part with it and, and not having it be at the forefront um, of, of our focus at all times because that that stress response keeps going and going and going and the longer that goes on without that resolution the more damage it does in periods of of high stress uh, we are more susceptible to developing mental health disorders substance use issues and even physical health issues just based on the the chemicals that are released you know when we're stressed anxiety is is in, intended to motivate to get us to do something and when we don't don't have that ability to solve it, then that's where that problem comes in. I I personally struggle with anxiety. And so I don't say it lightly when I say there was a level of camaraderie. There was a buddy system throughout the pandemic. Um, because I, while I dealt with a lot of anxiety during that time, as I think everybody did, it was so discussed. It was pronounced. It was open conversation. And for somewhat of the first time, it felt like we could universally share that we were all in a really vulnerable space. What does that kind of opening the veil, taking away that that curtain that we usually put up when we're going through some sort of mental health check, you know, with ourselves, what does removing that veil do for us? I mean, has that helped people? Uh, so when you say removing the veil um, is, is 
Uh, explain what you mean by more. I think anxiety and stress and depression tend to be a solo journey. You're kind of fighting it your own. You know, you don't want to talk about it. It's it's taboo. Oh, don't oh, don't talk about that. And I think the pandemic gave us a chance to almost talk about it because we knew everyone was also feeling those same triggers, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I I think as much as the pandemic has had an impact on our social relationships, in some ways, it has also brought in a unifying element and, and normalized talking about depression, talking about low mood, talking about being anxious or uncertain or or fearful. Those conversations, because so many people were impacted by it, uh, you know, the, the stigma and the anxiety about having them r- reduced. It's a really cool dichotomy in a way. Social isolation was a hallmark feature of this pandemic. At the same time, everyone was isolated. Everyone was socially isolated so at once you have the isolation and then everyone did it together so there is this kind of global consensus right we all were socially isolated and to the point of the podcast like let's normalize the conversations because once you start having the conversations I think you realize how much support you have and that's a fantastic first place to start having anxiety no longer needs to be a solo thing Mm -hmm. let's talk about it And then when you realize you're not alone, I realize I'm not alone. You're feeling the same way. Okay, cool. We've got some common ground. We can support each other and maybe guide each other to other resources or other sources of support. Absolutely. I think the... Um, what can happen is is that stigma prevents us from actually talking openly about what's going on. And, and so there's this sort of tendency to suffer in silence. And for some people, their avoidance of, 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 okay, is this depression or anxiety? For some people, it doesn't, you know, they don't label it as such. They, they notice changes more somatically. You know, you you start having more headaches. You start having, you know, more body aches. Um, you develop you know, indigestion. Uh, for some people, that's what they first notice as as, as maybe being the start of a uh, mental health symptom is is more of those somatic complaints. Oh, we are in a hurricane, tornado, hurricane, tornado, not a hurricane. Wrong region. Wrong region. <laughs> tornado warning in this area until eight fifteen. Take shelter now. Oh God. Every day you hear about people making money by investing in IPOs and startups. But what about you? These kinds of investments are simply not available to Main Street investors. At Rowe Capital Group, we are committed to providing access to strategic, early stage, primarily low market correlated investment opportunities. Accredited investors go to rowcapitalgroup.com for more information. Rowe Capital Group, empowering your financial journey. All right. We're live. We're back. We are podcasting from the basement. And it might look like a tornado came through. It did. We're down in the basement because we were actively podcasting. Tornado sirens went off. Um, So here we are, set up in the basement. Coming back for you. I'm from the West Coast. This is a weird experience. I am This is what we do in the Midwest. We head to the basement. When those storm warnings hit. I just have to say, like, tornado, come at us. We are, we are here. We are podcasting. You can't stop us. 
And for the juiciest transition in podcast history, speaking of tornadoes coming out of this pandemic, how can we focus on self-care? Reassessing the damage, right? The the lay of the land. Okay, so self-care is a term that I think has um, been thrown out a, a lot, right? And what exactly is that and why is it important? We talked about previously self-care isn't about getting rid of stress because stress is just part and parcel of the human experience, right? But how we manage it matters. And so when we're looking at self-care, we look at a variety of areas in which we can focus our attention to maybe make those small improvements. Some of us think that um, when we're making in changes in life, we have to make these big, sweeping, grand changes, and it actually doesn't have to be that way. When we make small changes, it actually can have a bigger impact. So we're looking at things like physical health, uh, emotional health, psychological health, social, financial, uh, as we talked about in the, in the previous episode. And so making little changes in all those areas can really um, have a big improvement overall. Uh, and so keeping that in mind. And the more areas in our life where we have some balance and stability, the more well-off we're going to be, right? And I think you've asked before, or we've talked about this before, there can be some residual stress hanging on, right? Like we're kind of through it, we're to the other side, but I think there's still some subconscious patterns and maybe traumas and anxieties that are still sticking with us. But you've made a point before about it's, it's gonna keep calibrating and readjusting, right? Yeah, I mean, how do we deal if this, so we, we kind of all collectively went through this trauma together mm-hmm. and the stress the anxiety, the depression was probably at an all-time high for many of us. And where we have landed in that couple years as we've been riding through this, is this our new baseline? Is this a baseline of stress, anxiety, depression that I'm comfortable with? Um, am I? Is the goal to get back to that place I was at in my mental health pre-pandemic, how do I, how do I achieve that? I think there's just been kind of this acceptance, a little bit of, well, this is my new normal. Yeah, it's, you know, we don't have to be in this perpetual state of angst, right? Again, um, one of the things that we can focus on for stress management is, is being willing to let go uh, of stress and not let it occupy our times and in our, our, all our minds at all times, right? Being willing to to engage in other things, um, because even in the immense or in the middle of immense stress and challenge, we're still capable of having good experiences and having very rewarding experiences. And so it's just reminding ourselves that that it's even though this is maybe open ended, we don't have that resolution. Allowing ourselves to still participate in things that bring us joy security, uh, safety, giving us ourselves permission to laugh, right? Like the pandemic has taken a lot. It's changed a lot. It's it's caused a lot of, of death. And so it is serious. However, it's not healthy for us to have the immensity of that experience at the forefront at all times. I think there's such an opportunity for curiosity here as well. And curiosity can be so healing when it's Like you look at something and rather than quickly judging it and having a strong emotional attachment to it, you can just look at it and go, okay, this is, this is interesting. I don't have my old routines. Okay. This is interesting. Now I have an opportunity to create new ones and little 
self-care routines, little, um, you know, change in habits, maybe your whole job, your career path, maybe something has shifted. Maybe your relationships have changed. What if you look at those things in your life and you go, okay, this is, this is interesting. I have an opportunity for a fresh perspective, approach this with some curiosity and cool. I get to create some new routines, some new habits right now. Absolutely. Exciting. It is exciting. Uh, I mean, I think on on a whole, we tend to be hardwired to to focus on the negative, and that's especially during stress. Uh, and that's an adaptive response, right? Uh, our ability to detect stress or risk and respond to it. However, it doesn't always serve us well because even in the uh, midst of change, there is opportunity. There's opportunity to learn more about ourselves, to learn more about others and in our environment and, and try new things. And so just as much as this is about change, it's also about curiosity and flexibility, being being willing to try new things, to, to find new ways to enjoy ourselves and participate in, in, in our worlds. Though the ways in which we've done has has had to change specifically too with finances this could be a really cool opportunity to find new opportunities financially maybe you were part of the great resignation maybe you're considering it or talking to people who were you we collectively have so many new opportunities right now for this kind of new new world we're coming into that can have amazing financial repercussions i think so and how do you find the self-care and put your money towards yourself? So at being okay and, and giving yourself that permission to spend some money on some self-care and re- maybe redefining what self-care means for you. I think a lot of self-care tends to circulate around spa or something like that. And I, I don't know that that's right for everybody. So not a lot of people subscribe to this idea of self-care because they're like, I'm not a spa person. Find what self-care is for you. Give yourself that permission to spend a little bit or a lot of it, whatever is comfortable, towards your personal self-care. Absolutely. I think for um, many people, too, a consequence of the pandemic uh, was that sort of mandatory downtime. Right. And and for some people, uh, it was more uh, of a reflection or awareness of, wow, like I, I, I when's the last time I've actually sat down and and just like, you know, had a conversation or just sat there and, and daydreamed or realizing the busyness um, of our lives prior to this was also had some negative consequences. So for some, it was it was the opposite. Right. Just recognizing that maybe I need to slow down. slow it down (laughs) slow it down um no this has been perfect thank you so much there's a big conversation here uh love your insights and what you bring to the conversation about finances and money and normalizing those conversations and finding support and taking care of yourself and just kind of recognizing tuning in being aware and getting insight whether it's internally or from outside resources Um, there's so many different little things that add up to big things that we can be doing as we come out of this. Yeah, I agree. And I would love to hear some self-care things that people are doing for themselves that maybe are new post-pandemic life, right? I would love to hear what some people are doing. Maybe they're things we've never, never thought, of. thought of. I lay on the floor. 
<laughs> Don't laugh. I know you do too. I lay on the floor too. That's why I laugh. I literally just lay on the floor. Do you? Uh, I mean, not not a regular practice, but I'll give it a go. Do it. Maybe in like savasana or something. Yeah, but, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Just in the middle of the day, if you need 10 minutes, lay on the floor. I hit the deck regularly. I <laughs> yeah, are you guys like face up or face down? Face up for me. <laughs> Depends on the scenario. <laughs> Fetal position if it's a real... <laughs> no, Sometimes it need calls that, for that. Need that extra boost. <laughs> I can show you. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Please pause. Do you, do you have self-care moment? Like we're you, taking a mid self care. What what kind of self talk do you yeah. have? It's like just like this. Do you, do you talk to yourself? No talking. You, no talking. you got no. this, Jackie. What? You got this. Like this is this your inner dialogue? You got this, girl. You got it. You're doing okay. We're gonna be okay. Yeah. We're gonna be okay. Even on good days, though, I think it's good to take a moment. For yourself, and just pause. Yeah, it's yeah. not a one-time thing. It's it's something that um, is some something that needs to be integrated into our, our day-to-day. Um, it's it's you know, like you said, it's not about going to the spa one day and then calling that you know good for the next four months. It's you know, it's something we have to keep in mind at all times and and making sure that our our lifestyle is one that supports us. Mm-hmm. Thank you for all you're doing to support people, and I mean that therapists are so important. People that are just open sounding boards and friends, you know, having those conversations is so important and it is such an outlet to talk with somebody about whatever is going on. So thank you. Thanks for being here with us and talking to us. Thank you for our session. I got tons (laughs) out of this. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. And thank you to the listeners for listening in on our session. I really hope somebody's laying on the ground right now. Me too. Send in pics if you are. Send in pics if you're laying on the ground. Send in self-care suggestions. Please do. Please do. I want to hear, because there may be things I've never thought of, so I would love that. There's probably mostly things I haven't thought of. Thank you for sharing part of your day with us. Please hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date with the WTF Women Talk Finance podcast. Email us with questions, suggestions, or just say hi at media at rowcapitalgroup.com. Again, thank you for listening to WTF Women Talk Finance Podcast.